Bopping. Bopping, man, bopping. Happy Halloween. Yes, it's a great holiday. Probably my second favorite holiday behind Flag Day. I see. Yes, 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 yes. I used to, uh, I used to always love Christmas. When I was a kid, Halloween, I mean, candy. Of course, you loved it. Yep. I'm a big fan of, uh, I think my order would probably be, now that I'm older and I can afford things, Christmas is like second. Uh, I like yeah. Christmas because the uh, family aspect of it yep. um, and the food and whatnot. Um, but I think Halloween's still my number one. Yeah, the, the, all the things I watch and shit like that, and yeah, uh, I just love the whole month. It's like a whole. I I take the entire month and celebrate Halloween. So yeah, I've I think like twenty something horror movies so far. I think Christmas is mostly memories too for me. Mm. Um, it's nostalgia. It's a very big nostalgia very thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I still think I, I'd easily put it in top three greatest days of my life is when I got the N sixty four for Christmas and yep. Christmas ninety six or whenever it came out. Um, that Christmas was great because that Christmas they didn't think they'd they'd be able to get the N sixty four, so they bought a bunch of other shit first. So I ended up getting that kind of on top of like other expensive shit that they were just like, well, we aren't gonna be able to get them that. So they got me like a, a five disc CD changer. Those were big back then, and mm-hmm. and a bunch of CDs and uh, street hockey stuff. And then and I got the uh, the N sixty four for Christmas. Yeah, uh, my one of my biggest Christmas memories. Well, I don't know why we're talking about Christmas. It's fucking Halloween. One of my biggest Christmas memories was getting my train set in like '95, '96. Yep. There. Yep. We'll talk about that in a couple months. Yes. Um, let's jump into the show. Uh, play the Ghostbusters theme song. We'll talk a little bit about Ghostbusters and what it means to us growing up. What it means to us as uh, adults now. Uh, we love Ghostbusters. We love the original uh, more more so than the second one. I love the second one too. I love them I as, a, as a group together. I can um, I can I can only watch a second one if I watch it immediately after the first. Like if I do a double feature, I'm yes. not a big fan of the second one. Like I don't really ever want to watch it like as a standalone. But the first one is absolutely epic. Um, all the toys that we got. I don't know about you, oh, but yeah. I got a bunch of the toys from that movie. I got the. I did. Uh, did you get the voice changer gimmick? No, I had, I had a lot. Of, it was uh, it was like the uh, it was the trap. It was the ghost trap. It had a wire. It was like a ten foot wire, and you could like no. put behind something and then like change your voice and I'll have that that couch upstairs I used mm-hmm. to like put it there and then stand at the bottom of the stairs and yeah I had I had, cool a, I had a lot of the, I had a lot of the figures uh, my yep. cousin my cousin had the proton pack with the foam the foam I had that yep. thing. and I had the uh, the firehouse did you firehouse. ever have the firehouse I had, I had the firehouse that was the big thing uh, I, I got taken away from me because uh, yeah I got taken away from me because it had the pole mm-hmm. and so I took the pole out and I started hitting my sister Chrissy with it okay yeah that would yep. do it I was. Um, yep. <laughs> I still, I still remember the scent of that slime that came with it, and how yep. disgusting and gross, and it has that weird smell. It's like very nostalgic smell, mm-hmm. very strange smell to it. And I remember that, and I just, I love that firehouse. Um, yeah, it was great Christmas, Christmas with the Ghostbusters, and the, the grew up with the cartoons, of course. After, after the movies, I think I watched the cartoons before the movies, to be honest with you. And I think. Uh, um, yeah, just I fell in love with the movies later on in life, as as a two pack for the for the two movies together. Um, I do love the second one a lot. I love the soundtrack to the second one, I, and especially that one song done by Bobby mm-hmm. Brown. You didn't even um, you didn't even mind the uh, first remake, right? 
or the woman it wasn't really a I I didn't whatever. like that one at all. I oh, okay. actually I was actually the one to tell you yeah you made it you made a good choice not to see this movie. Oh, okay. Um I like Paul Feig too. I I actually like him as a director. I yep. love him as a comedy writer, but I did not like that movie and I don't like the I don't like the direction that they went in it. Oh, okay. I think I think Afterlife was a good even though even though the woke, woke crowd will say differently, I think Afterlife was a good way to right the wrong. And yeah. uh, I do like I really do like Afterlife as well. Um yeah. and I am looking forward to it. It was a good way to it's not really a soft reboot, but in a way it kind of is, but it was a good way to tie the two the two the kids and then the the older guys all together. And it pays good it. it pays a good homage homage to homage yep. to uh Harold Ramis because he's the yes. only one that's not there anymore. I would hope that they would get Rick Moranis to come back for the next one, Firehouse. I don't know if he will because he's retired. Um, I know he's doing little things here and there. And he, I know I know Ryan Reynolds is going to come back for commercials and shit, but Rick Moranis was a great part of those yeah. original movies. Yep. And it sucks not to have him part of this uh, new iteration that's come back. But um, that's, that's enough Ghostbusters talk. We love those movies. Everybody who's seen them loves those movies. They, they, they do hold up. Even though they're a a time capsule in in a time period way back in the early '80s, they do hold up. I think, just like Back to the Future, kind of. Even though even though that's set in the '50s and '80s, those movies still hold up compared to other movies that are out nowadays. So, um, so let's jump into the show. Let's jump into your story. Last week you left us off with a cliffhanger of your story going to New Jersey, and how you missed the day and you went to Connecticut, and, you, and your friend said, "Fuck, I forgot <laughs> yep. tickets for next week." Yep. So next next week was three days ago, and you ended up going to New Jersey. So tell your story. Yes. How'd it go? Uh, met Joey Diaz. It was fucking great. We got down there about uh, 5, 5.30, so everything was planned out. Honestly, if it was last week, we probably would have missed it. I'm not going to lie about that. Because yeah. um, we were fucking around, whatever. And, but, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. Uh, when I met Joey, I was like, hey, we just drove from Maine. He's like, oh, fucking another guy. Um so I wonder how many people drove how if we were the furthest drivers or not. Um, of course, we got the sad news on the way back of what's going on in Maine right now. Um, did you hear the update? But what did they find him? Yeah, they found him about an hour. They did. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, where was he? Uh, in the woods, about eight miles away from his, where the everything happened. He was in the woods and okay. he shot himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was out to dinner, so I didn't see yeah. it. Good. Good. But uh, yeah, overall, it was great. Um, Driving to New Jersey and driving back on the same day is not recommended. No. <laughs> um, I drank an energy drink and dr- drove most of the way home. You did, um, okay. And I was up till like 5 because I just couldn't sleep. Um, yeah, you were texting me yeah. while I was at work until 5.30 in the morning. I was like, yeah, well, I, I got home and I'm like, you're probably the only one up right now. I am so the I only one you. up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was weird. I saw mm. the sunrise for the first time in a long time and yeah. I went to bed. But yeah, yeah overall, it was a great experience. He uh, he stuck two of he has his own brand of marijuana, mm-hmm. and uh, he stuck two of his pre rolls in my buddy's pocket and was like, "This is for you and your buddy for the ride home." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was great. It was really nice. Um, nice. He was giving out prizes and shit like that, um, doing uh, lottery type stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, so it was a good time. Hey, he's kind of. I know he's kind of uh, cut back on the stand-up a little bit. He's not doing it as much as he was after the pandemic. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's going back on tour. I don't know if he mentioned that when you were. I don't know. There or not. I don't know. But, I don't know. Um, he hasn't even been on podcasts or anything that much lately either. But uh, only his own. Only his own. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, first thing I wanted to bring up, speculation talk. I was listening to a podcast, I don't remember which one it was, but they brought up the fact that in Aquaman 2, the, the movie that's coming out in a couple of months, that the original plan, and I think it was filmed, was that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton were to be originally in the first cut of this movie. Yes. And then when everything happened with James, with James Gunn, that was changed completely. Yep. So we're going to have a little bit of uh, discussion and speculation of why do you think there were two Batman in that movie? Do you think they were in the same universe, or do you think there is a multiverse fuckery going on in this story? Um, the original ending to The Flash was going to feature... Ben Affleck, it was right? gonna, No. Um, it was going to feature... Keaton was going to be coming out of the limo. Right, that's right. And it was going to be Keaton and Wonder Woman were going to be there. Or no, Keaton and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And then when Aldi and DeLuca, who were still kind of in charge at that time, um, finally, when when they got back uh, Cavill, they refilmed it with Cavill was going to be in that scene also. Okay. Um, so it would be Cavill and Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Keaton's Batman. And then they were going to do something with... and that. So they were basically in a different universe, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, than the DCEU typically, right? So it was going to be multiverse. Um, Keaton was going to do the Batgirl film, right? Right, yep. So he was going to be the DCEU Batman going forward. Um, but they were going to conclude, I think they were going to conclude the Affleck stuff in Aquaman 2, I'm not sure. Or if they were going to continue with the Snyder's uh, castings going forward and do the Keaton stuff separately. I'm not too sure because everything changed when James Gunn came in yeah. and got rid of uh, all that stuff and added the post credit scene with Aquaman. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, apparently there was a big action scene with Affleck underwater helping Aquaman that hmm. they cut out. Um, everything changed, of course, when Gunn took over. It looks like they were looking to kind of not really restore the Snyderverse, but kind of continue with those characters within the realm of DC. But everything felt so disconnected anyways. It didn't really yeah, ever did. feel like that after Snyder left anyways. Yeah. Um, but they were having plans to eventually make those movies. But I don't think... I'm not sure if Affleck would have been done after Aquaman and just Keaton would have just taken over. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, it's just it's kind of strange. I'm wondering if time travel or multiverse fuckery was involved in, in Aquaman. Or it could still be. And... Keaton could have been just the post credit scene Maybe. of that movie yeah. um, to where they get rid of the Ben Affleck Batman throughout the course of that movie. I don't know if they had plans for that or whatnot, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all, all, yeah, I mean, it was a fucking year ago, like last week that Henry Cavill announced his return to Superman. So I know I saw that. Oh, we had so much hope. He brought hope back to the character. So we, we all wanted to see him come back in a sequel. We, yep. we wanted to see a sequel. Since I still want. I still want days. Elseworlds. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you weren't as big a fan of Man of Steel, but the thing we I always like agreed him. on. I feel I like, like him. I feel like Superman. that was the one thing we always agreed yeah. as him as Superman. And he even admits that he wasn't a huge fan of, but he understood where Zach was going with the character. Yeah. Um. I think when they talked during BVS, and that's when he was like okay with it, because like he's even said he's been outward and and different interviews about how it wasn't the hopeful Superman he thought he had signed up for, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it sucks. I feel bad for him. Um, yeah. Not sure what's going to happen going forward. I'm very I'm optimistic, but at the same time, I don't know 
I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when Legacy comes out. I can tell you that much. Well, it's a good thing that he's a good actor because he'll have plenty of roles after this. Yep. And yeah. They not, just announced gonna, he's doing a uh, yep. uh, Highlander reboot. It's in, it's they just announced that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Which we're gonna get into that. But yep. Um, I want to do a follow up. I talked about the MCU book, MCU: The Reign of Marvel. Yes. Um, and I and I know you had saw it in the bookstore when you saw Joey and. Yep. I finished it. It is a okay. fantastic book, and a lot of people are saying the same thing. I probably asked you this last week, but how is the narrator? You like the narrator? Very good. Um, okay, good. Yeah, there's because you're, you're right about that when you listen to the, the audio for books, the people. For the yes. people, when we say we read, the only thing no. we actually read are comic books. We listen to audio books. Exactly. Like I haven't read a book so. <laughs> since ever, so I love this book. It's very good. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you know. But they're, yep. they deep dive into a lot of stuff you don't know. Like last week we mentioned, or I mentioned the uh, Edward Norton stuff. Yep. A lot of that stuff wasn't known. It was, and she interviewed hundreds, hundreds of people. She got about three months in, and Disney kind of put the word out. It was like, don't talk to this author about this book anymore. I heard her in an interview this week talking about it a little bit, and they put the kibosh to it completely. And she it's still like, went out uh, beyond the mat. The when Vince McMahon found yep, out what exactly. Beyond the Mat was going to be, he was like, "We don't want any association with this." And they were like, "Fuck you! You already gave us permission, so we're going to put it out." The thing about Marvel, the thing about Marvel is, especially now, it is a it's a bubble. Kevin Feige has found people that will be the company man. Every director that they hire now is a company director that doesn't necessarily have their vi- has their own vision. They kind of just follow in the line, and yep. we knew that. We already knew that. So the people that she started interviewing for this book were people that were in the original early days of Marvel, the Iron Man, the Hulk. That's where the best interviews from this book came from because she went back and she talked to people that aren't really associated with Marvel anymore and could right. talk as ad nauseum yeah. for whatever the hell they want to about this. And that's where the great interviews come from this book, um, especially the Pearl Mutter stuff, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy motherfucker and he rightfully is gone from the company. But the original protagonist for Guardians of the Galaxy, that's where we're going to start, was Nova. Um, was, wait, was too... I have a question real quick. Yes. Was Perlmutter the guy that was running creative on the TV shows? Perlmutter, he... yes, Perlmutter was pretty much what happened when Marvel took over, Disney took over Marvel. Perlmutter was okay. put in charge of Marvel Entertainment. Okay. He was, there's, there's two. We're gonna get into the whole div- divide because there's a divide that we kind of know a little bit about. They, they dive deep dive in it so well in this book. That's why I'm suggesting that anybody, okay. especially you, read this book. Yeah. Because it's fantastic. Um. So Nova was the original um lead for Guardians of the Galaxy in the original yep. script, which was written back in, I want to say the early Iron Man days. Written it was by, 2009. Yes, it was written early, and it was also stopped very quickly because a woman wrote it there were characters that were not important to what what they thought were not important because yep. they weren't the main five main six characters of the yeah Avengers. from from what i understand um they marvel started a division for young screenwriters and yes. they're all interns writing yep. scripts and she was one of the interns and they she basically was. said take any copy and write a script and we'll see what happens and like I think they had Thanos as the villain in the yep. original script, they didn't. and they're like, we're going to save that for Avengers, whatever. Um, but yeah, go on. Because yeah, so yeah, so this so this woman wrote like twelve drafts of this script, and it got mm-hmm. and it just got canned. It got it put it put on the shelf. And then when James Gunn came in, he decided that he wanted to do these characters, or they wanted to do these characters, and he could do what he could do to them. You know, James Gunn he takes the obscure and kind of builds on it. Um, 
But they decided, we're getting into the Nova stuff, they decided that Nova was too policeman-like, too much of a, too much of an army guy. They wanted somebody more like an Indiana Jones adventurer type character, that's why they settled on Star-Lord. We kind of get that picture from the movie as well, so. Um, and it's always the question is, where was Nova? Well, that's, he was there, I mean, Nova Corps was yep. always the main, main part of that movie, and he still yep. is to this day. Um, Josh Whedon, Zach Penn wrote the original script for Avengers. Um, Joss Whedon came in and wanted 100% writer's credit and fought Zach Penn. I think they went to the associate, the association of writers or whatever, where they go in the committee. And I think it got voted where they both get, they both got, um, I think Joss got script credit, but I think writing credit or story credit went to both of them. So he doesn't, cause I think you get a lot more accolades if you have writing credit because you get, you get um, residuals, which you don't get if you don't have that writing credit. So if you have residuals for Avengers, holy shit, that's money mm -hmm. for generations. So Joss Whedon has that, and Zach Penn was kind of fucked by Joss Whedon, which we already kind of knew that a little bit too, that Joss Whedon was a dick behind the scenes. There's more of that too. That not We didn't know Joss about that until years later. But yeah. 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 Um, Iron Man 3, Rebecca Hall's character, who had a very small role in that movie, was originally the female main villain. Um, but the higher-ups, mainly Perlmutter because he's a sexist and a racist, um, said that the female action figure for a villain wasn't strong enough and it wouldn't make any money in merchandising. So they decided to change the script completely and diminish her character throughout the movie to the point where she's a very unrememberable person in that movie. You don't really remember her character that much. She's kind of the sidekick to uh, Tony Stark because she has a weird heel turn in the movie. Very yeah. strange. Very strange that she was going to be the main character, but they fucked it up and they hired um, what's-his-name to be the Mandarin, and that was a whole fuck-up, too. Yeah, The writing at that time was very, very mixed, and, and it also had to do with Joss Whedon being kind of getting his gloves into things and being fanboy service mixed with... It was, it was a mess. The book does a good job telling that. I don't. Um, China, they talk about the China government um, making changes to the China edits... Because of propaganda, I know uh, propaganda. There's one time where there was a milk shortage, and they had ads for milk in the middle of the movie to try to get the Chinese people to start buying milk, so there wouldn't be a shortage uh, or a uh, or not a surplus. I can't. I don't know what the hell the word is. I'm not good at economics, but so people would go out and buy milk, pretty much in China. And uh, this D Disney put a stop to that pretty quickly. I think it was. I think there was only one movie, and I can't remember what the movie was. It may have been Avengers. It could have been Ultron. I, I don't remember, but one of those movies, China did put that in there. So let's get into the big bulk of this book. Marvel Entertainment, which was everything that was controlled from TV, like you mentioned, that's Perlmutter, and the comic books, and everything else other than Marvel Studios, which was Kevin Feige. Marvel Entertainment also had a creative committee that also controlled everything that Kevin Feige was doing as far as creating, telling what the output was going to be for the characters, the stories, having the, and being able to put the final hammer down if they didn't like an idea. That's why we didn't have a lot of female characters or female main stories up until Perlmutter was... So it was also... So it was Perlmutter, Alan Fine... Versus Kevin Feige. He was for Marvel Studios. And Kevin Feige had his own kind of brain trust. Which we always heard about that. Where they had the brain trust. The writer's room. That was all That was all Kevin Feige's side. Um, Perlmutter was also toys merchandise. 
Kevin Feige was more of the storytelling side. We always knew that. Um, Perlmutter was in charge of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's also in charge of the Netflix deal. That's why it was always separate. They wanted to be part of the MCU. Kevin Feige did not because of obvious reasons. He wasn't fully in control of it. Um, I can't remember the guy's name that did the it was uh, that did the Netflix series. Um, they put a little couple of nods of those of the movies in there, like oh, the big green guy or the guy with the hammer, so on and so forth. Um, but the MCU division, Foggy praised and embraced Agent Carter, which was kind of set in the past, so it was a good introduction to the character. Um, it was the only Marvel Entertainment production that actually had a character in the in the show the cameo in the MCU. Um, Jarvis was in Endgame in, in the in the flashback scene where they go back and get one of the stones at um, Captain America's old stomping grounds. Um, but yeah, MCU di- just distanced itself from Joss Whedon's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole show. Joss Whedon was in charge of that. Him and his brother were both in charge of that show. He created and Joss Whedon. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, Joss Whedon eventually. Yeah, cause Cause I never of watched Shield, Agents, yeah. Agents of Shield came out the year after Avengers, so yeah, it was. Yep. And then, and also the other thing so that was, makes sense. Kevin Feige did not like the idea that they brought back Coulson, which we kind of. It's a very strange part of that story because Agent Coulson's death had such a huge part in the MCU, um, and bringing the Avengers together as a team, and he thought it kind of diminished that when, um, when, um, with Kevin Feige, kind of thought that diminished it by bringing him back to life. Um, Perlmutter tried to fire Kevin Feige. This is around the time after Agents um, of Age of Ultron, and it's when that's when Bob Iger stepped in and separated Marvel Studios completely from Marvel Entertainment. Um, Kevin Feige only answered to Alan Horn as the second highest up at Disney at the time, and Bob, Bob Iger loosened the creative committee's control. They had no control over the storylines or who what characters they were to be creating on the show. I mean, in the MCU. And he gave almost complete control of the MCU going forward with no interference to Kevin Feige. And eventually the creative committee, a couple months or a year later, was completely disbanded and no longer a part of any decision-making and control. Um, so that Kevin Feige became the the run of everything and became the all-puma-puma of everything. And then James Gunn came in. Uh, another writing dispute. He uh, came in... Changed a lot of the story for Guardians of the Galaxy. Made it to his own kind of aesthetic. As you know, he did the soundtrack. Um, that soundtrack thing was always supposed to be there. He picked the songs, but the soundtrack thing was always supposed to be there. It was in the original scripts. Um, I always thought that was a James Gunn thing. It wasn't. Um, yep. The music wasn't, but the particular music wasn't. But this in the story, the original story, it was always that he was obsessed with 70s music. And yep. he had Walkman and all that. Um... And he, I think he ended up sharing the writing credit with that one, so that wasn't as bad as the Joss Whedon one. Um, but he, they fought for the writing credit. Like yes. they literally had to like go to court oh, yeah. and all that stuff. They did. Yeah. Um, the deal with writing credit too is typically, it's I think you have to rewrite thirty three percent of the script. Yeah. Or write thirty three percent of the script. Yeah. Which um, Gunn, of course, had the same deal with the Snyder Dawn of the Dead where they brought in two extra writers who didn't get credit because they didn't write 33% of it, like, to what actually... They, like, removed a few scenes. But, of course, all the Snyder people are like, James Gunn can't write, that's why Snyder brought in his own people. And they just didn't get credit. And it's like, well, if they wrote more than 33%, they would have gotten credit. So, 
It's like I mentioned. It's like I mentioned last week with Edward Norton. He would go in and change yeah. a couple of names, and that's why he didn't get that. That's why when he went in front of the committee, they didn't give him the writing credit, and that was kind of why he got right. pissed. Because that's what very that's what he agitated. wanted. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he's and one of the extra income. And the other thing. This I mean, book, I love Edward Norton, but he's a fucking dickhead. That, that's the one. The one thing that this book uh, uh, laments very strongly is that the only person that Kevin Feige will never hire again is Edward Norton. Because no, of the stuff Edward he did Norton behind and Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon, not as bad. Joss Whedon, because of the the Me Too stuff, that's he'll probably not come back. No, yeah. I mean, those are the but, two people that Kevin Feige said he'll never work with again. Yeah, but yeah, those two people. Um, there are a few other ones too behind the scenes, but yeah. Um, Ant Man. The rumor was Simon Pegg because Edgar Wright was going to originally direct that. Since actually, way before Iron Man, it was. Um, I think Simon. I think uh, Edgar Wright came in to direct Ant Man way before that. Um, in fact, when yeah. they announced the trailer for Iron Man, Edgar Wright was there and announced his as uh, Ant Man and showed some test footage. Um, yep. The rumor was Simon Pegg was going to be uh, Scott Lang, but yep. uh, but the studio wanted Joseph Gordon Levitt. Edgar Wright, I think, got booted because he wasn't going to do Scott Lang. He was going to do the guy that uh, what's his name portrayed. That's what um, I've always heard is the rumor is that no, he was, he, it, the original his script for Ant Man had to do with uh, no. What's his name? No, because that's what Wright, he said. Edgar Wright was a huge fan of Scott Lang, com- the Scott Lang comic book. So he wrote that pretty much to the T of that comic book. Scott Lang and the prison and all that stuff was his idea. That was all his story. Oh. Um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Army Hammer, Ar- uh, Army Hammer were the two other front runners to be Ant Man. Um, when Peyton Reed came in, they hired Paul Rudd. Um, Patrick Wilson also originally going to be the villain. And uh, Yellow Jacket and Corey Stoll came in because Patrick Wilson dropped out because the movie just kept changing so much and and the directors kept changing, so he just left. Did Aquaman, you know where he went after that. Yep. Um, this book also did a great job talking about the Spider-Man deal, which I'm obsessed with. Um, three years, nine months. The time that Sony had in the contract that if you don't make a Spider-Man movie in three years and nine months after the last one, you will lose everything. That includes the deal, the movies, the spin-offs. It goes right back to Marvel. So that's why Amazing Spider-Man had to come out when it did. It had to go into production when it did. Um, three years and nine months was the time. Um, Aviarid, who pretty much started from the very... He was a toy guy. Uh, talk about him quite a bit. Um, and he took over Sony Pictures, pretty much, and, and the Marvel stuff and everything. He was in charge of Marvel for a very long time. He was Kevin Feige's... Kind of protege was uh, there was a kind of protege uh, uh, shit going on there, and um, Avrid or or Arid, however the hell you say his name, took over at uh, at Sony after uh, Amy Pascal got fired. Um, He produced all he produces all the Spider-Man spinoffs now, um, and he did he's been there since X Men. He's been he's been doing everything. You should Um, uh, you should check out the uh, with great responsibility book. Um, which yeah. is all about the, I told you about it, it's all about the getting Spider-Man to the big screen. It's a good book. You would yeah. definitely like it. Uh, Amy Pascal fired from her position after the Sony hack. Um, she had emails in there that were kind of uh, incriminating. Um, but she still produces the Spider-Man spinoffs and the co- and co-produces the MCU spin- Spider-Man movies through her own production company that she started after she was fired from Sony. Um, and they talked a lot about Black Panther. They talked a lot about... 
um, Chadwick Boseman and, and how they really put everything on his back to be the new Iron Man. They wanted him to be the one that was going to hold this franchise going forward. Because um, they realized how strong that character was and how strong and impactful, impactful to the culture that was going to be. Um, very, co very cool way of, of thinking. I didn't really think of this, but the bubble of Wakanda in a what-if scenario... Um, if a country in Africa had never been occupied by any other white oppressors during the slave trade, the possibilities of development of what an African culture could have been in the future, it's kind of what Wakanda always was, and that's why there's such a, I didn't really, I didn't really think of shit like that, but it's, it's good, it's good to really think about that and think of, like, what would have happened if they didn't happen like it did, like the slaves that came to America and were pretty much taken from their homes. Um, and actually had time to thrive. Um, Black Panther and w Infinity War were filmed at the same exact time. That's why their aesthetic looked almost identical um, to the fight scene in Infinity War and what happened in Black Panther. Um, that was also why uh, T'Challa, he looked the same because um, he wasn't sick. I mean, he was sick, but he wasn't sick like he was towards the end and frail. Um, James Gunn, they talked about him at the end. Um versus Trump of course on Twitter and then all of a sudden the republics the republicans came after him um and all the stuff we already talked about it on we've talked about it so many times on the podcast yeah, the guy that the guy that outed him is a guy that literally had been brought up on rape charges of an yes. underage female yep um <laughs> the decision to fire him came down from Alan Horn um Ike Perlmutter's right-hand man Ike Perlmutter by the way was one of Trump's highest paid supporters and a close close friend tied had ties to him Okay. Um, the way you wrote that in the notes, it looked like you meant that was Alan Horn that was the no, Trump supporter. No, I... I, that, I was going to say, I didn't think that was the case because I've read about Alan Horn. The speculation... He's good friends with James Gunn. So. The, specu the speculation is that Ike Perlmutter fired James Gunn because he's a Republican. Pretty much yeah. that's the speculation what the book kind of hints to. Um, the, book, the book gives a great explanation to the post-production VFX during COVID... And how we talk about it kind of now where the quality has been very shit. Um, yep. It's just because the output has been so much. And there's not too many VFX studios. There's not enough VFX studios to carry everything. Right. And it's not just Marvel. It's every studio in Hollywood. So DC, right. Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal. Everybody going to these and, and doing pretty much freelance VFX work. They're taking contracts. To say, okay, we'll do... This, we'll do this portion of the movie. We'll do this portion of the movie. Well, they have all these projects piling up and piling up, but they don't have Especially, enough effects yeah. studios doing it. Especially recently where you had the pandemic, and so everything got and pushed back. So then, and then, so then all of a sudden, everybody. they ended up they're working 28 hours a day, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Book, Book did a great job explaining all of that. Put it all into... Uh, and, and, and also the other thing was maybe it would be better if, if Disney had their own VFX studio, mm. um, had their own kind of thing in in-house um chapik bob Iger, um when, Ch when bob Ch chapik took over um fucked up everything bob Iger yeah. had to come in and rebuild chapix chapix yeah what well, i can't remember. he took he took all of uh feige's power away basically too yeah i don't put i don't put this whole last uh even though i'm not huge on the last phase i don't put it all on kevin feige i mean no. they got rid of captain america and iron man and then black panther fucking dies like the act in real life. Like. They, um, Kevin Feige was basically, when he did, when he told everything that was going to be in phase four or phase six, whatever, whatever phase they're on, 
he was told to do that. Mm-hmm. Bob Ch- Chapik told him to go in and, and to list all of that stuff. Whether there were scripts, stories, or anything, just name a whole bunch of shit you're gonna have on Disney Plus and in the movies. We want the output to be we want the output to be huge. Right. And he was like, "Oh, I don't really want to do that." Well, you got which do is. That. Probably why James Gunn immediately, when he got the job, said, we're not going into any sort of anything unless there's a script. We're going to announce projects, but we're not going to announce when they're coming out until we have a script and we're good to go. Yeah. Which is probably, I'm sure he's been talking to Kevin Feige about that shit. Yeah. uh, Especially once he got the job. Yeah, if, I'm telling you right now, if James Gunn had stayed on, he would have been running Marvel Studios, I think, in another decade. And I Um, think, I think uh, Feige would have ended up in the, the Chapek or the Yep, no, I think so. Maybe too. not the, but I think for like Marvel in general, just he would have been Disney yeah, overall. Yeah, he would have been higher up, m- higher than Marvel, definitely. Um, yeah, but yeah, he would have been uh, running a studio basically. Yeah, and we talk about it: quality versus quantity. That's that's the goal going forward. Yep. Um, quality versus the quantity and the output. Uh, have good stories. That's kind of why they they even talk about it in the book that dialing stuff back now. Making things, giving it time to breathe. The book is amazing. Mm-hmm. Go back and read it. These are just a couple of moments. There are some great stuff I didn't mention, um, but it's great. It's a great. It kind of if you love these movies, it brings you in and, and and gives you a feel of what was going on, and what's still yeah. going on. Um, and Kevin Feige is a genius. He really is. I mean, everything that he's done in the last twenty years for just rebuilding and being such a fan of this stuff and not really knowing the thing about him. He didn't really know anything. He just did so See, much research on it. This is why, I mean, it's been brought up that Kevin Feige should take over for Kathleen Kennedy. And that's one of the reasons is because he actually was like, he had read all the star. Like he's a, he's a he, much he's, bigger star Wars fan. Star Wars fan. Then he was like, when he got the job at Marvel, that's when he went back in. But like, he's like been in this star Wars stuff mm-hmm. basically from day one, when the books started coming out, um, so I would love him to take over Star Wars more yeah, so than ev- more so than uh, what's his name that did Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, just because I think Feige would have a better overall picture, and um, yeah, I think he'd be great at running Star Wars, and that's why Me I was too. so excited when he when he was named as a Star Wars, he was going to produce a Star Wars movie, and then that got canned. Um, he's also a big yeah. fan. He's also a big fan of Star Trek. Um, yep. One of the one of the movies I think it was Star Trek: uh, The Voyage Home, and one of them. He he kind of he kind of uh, molds the MCU into that formula. I never seen the movie, but I guess the end of the movie, the voyage home, I think was the end of the original Star Trek characters. Yeah, and we need Adam on for this. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know much about it, but he kind of he kind of took that and used it as a template of what the MCU, what do you want to do with the MCU characters? Um, very very interesting book. Go, go and read it. It's called MCU: The Reign of Marvel. Um, it's a great book. Just came out recently. Um, it looks like a Holly. If you look at the cover, it looks like a Hollywood sign. It says MCU instead of the Hollywood letters. Um, so let's talk about what we watched this week. Um, I watched Loki episode four. Was this episode um, as good as everyone said it was? It was about eighty five, maybe seventy five percent as good as what people said said it was to me. Okay. Um, at the very beginning of the episode, Kang and Renslayer, you see a you see a flashback of them. Um, you see Kang or the He Who Remains in, at the end of time, um, telling Renslayer to go back to the TVA, and then he tells Miss Minutes to wipe her memory. Um, she, Renslayer was basically the He Who Remains um, right hand man, leader of his armies, 
um, and during the whole Time War. Um, and Renslayer was sent uh, back to the TVA, wiped her memory, and had no idea what was going on. That's why she kind of doesn't know what's going on now. Miss gotcha. um, Minutes is maniacal. She is a villain of this show, kind of. Um, but towards the end of the episode, she dies. This is a spoiler. She dies. Victor Timely dies. Renslayer dies, um, supposedly. We're not really sure. They're kind of pruned. Um, Victor Timely goes out into the loom, tries to fix it, gets turned into almost like elastic bands like Mr. Fantastic, and just disintegrates in the middle of the uh, this open space. And the time loom, the time loom explodes, um, and it starts to expand, and all of a sudden everything is engulfed in the light. Um, not sure what's going on, but you're almost guessing, has the, M has the multiverse reset? Or has it exploded, imploded? Who the fuck knows? Um, going into next week, there's some big questions because something is not right and something is not the same. So I'm not sure what we're getting next week. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, it's it's a good show. Um, episode episode four, not as good as the hype, but uh, it's still good. Um, I think episode three was probably my favorite so far. But um, can't wait for that. I just finished earlier the Millie Vanilli documentary. It was on Paramount. Fan-fucking-tastic. Um, if you know the story, Millie Vanilli, of course, lip-synced, didn't sing any of their songs on their album. They hired two other black guys. This is a German guy. Hired two other black guys to sing on the song and just had them on there as being the song and dance, dancing monkeys, pretty much. Not not being racist, just because that's a saying. Yes. Not, I, am not a, I am not a racist. Well, anyway, this, this German guy pretty much got them on there and fucked them over and... For about a year and a half, two years, Millie Vanilli started going around pretty much saying that they were the ones singing all the songs, even though they couldn't speak English in interviews. It was very, very strange. The documentary was great. Um, of course, one of them's not around anymore. They, they talk about that. He was a crack addict, ended up dying from an overdose. Um, the other one's still around, sings actually fairly well, um, and tries to, and tries to try to repair his image to the public because they were pretty much lambasted after that through everything. But great documentary. Um, let's talk about the movies. <laughs> we'll talk about Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason takes Manhattan. We've does, been he talking about that. does he take Jason, does he take Manhattan? An hour in New into, York for like eight an minutes. Hour, <laughs> an hour, an hour into this movie, I'm looking, I'm looking around, I'm watching the TV, it's like, they're on a boat for a very long time, and I haven't seen the New York skyline. Okay, once. let me, let me just, let me just paint the picture for people that haven't seen it. So, the movie starts out. At Crystal Lake. Yes. A lake. On There's a little a boat. Little boat. Somehow Jason is resurrected. Comes oh, onto the boat. My, main, my first question before you get any further. Yes. Is this the first time Jason was supernatural? No, I'm getting that with uh, Three Topics Down. Okay, um, okay. That's the movie that he was became supernatural in. Um, so we're on a boat in a fucking lake. A lake in the middle of the country and technically it's new jersey technically yes. that's where the right. first four movies were filmed in new jersey or no one two and four were filmed in new jersey right um three for some reason was filmed in california you could definitely tell but so we're on a lake a lake and somehow the boat gets out of the lake and gets into the atlantic ocean towards new york city Towards like a, a cruise they're having for the graduating class of 1988, probably 
89. Right. I, have, um, I don't. I got lost. And, I have no idea. And there's there's a when you get onto the boat, there's like a hundred extras, and about yes. 15 minutes later, there's like five people on the boat. Yes. No yes. more extras. Um, the girl from X Men Wolverine. Yes, that's right. Or was she in X Two? Yeah. It was like her first movie, Kelly Hugh. I think she might have been in that Charlie's Angels movie. Um, she was in it. She gets thrown to the floor by Jason. But it's just the most ridiculous thing that the boat gets from this little ass boat, too, by the way, that has like a little compartment for sleeping, gets from Camp Crystal Lake and a lake in New Jersey to the Atlantic Ocean. But anyways, yeah, so you were looking around. You were like, I have not seen New York is probably what you were thinking. There hasn't been a New York skyline for about an hour and five minutes. Yep. And I'm thinking, wow, he hasn't taken Manhattan yet. And by the time he gets to Manhattan, did he really take it? That was my main question. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. And it's just very strange. There's a lot of lot of great 80s New York stereotypes in this movie. From the yep. rape, from the heroin overdose, when he sticks over the needle with coke. Or, doesn't he call it cocaine or something? I can't remember what the fuck yeah. he calls it. There was, let's see, rape. I like the drug overdosing. The sauna scene. That's the one sauna. of my favorites. He, he takes a rock from the sauna and just puts it... Doesn't he just put it right through this guy's stomach? The only thing New York about this, there's two things. The subway scene, which could have been anywhere, yep. and Times Square. The very yep. end... The Jason only thing they up. filmed in New York was the Times Scene Square. Okay, the Times Square. Was yeah, the Times Square scene. I kind of um, That was the only thing they filmed in New York. When I went to New York for the first time when I was 15 years old, so we're talking seven years after I saw this movie, give or take. Okay. Um, I was like, where are all the buckets of ooze? Because in this let's movie, there's literally buckets of ooze and toxic waste everywhere in the city. He drowned the old man in a bucket of ooze. He put him upside down in this bucket of ooze. It looked like the same ooze you get from Ghostbusters, from the firehouse. Yeah. It was that green yep. shit. It looks like Slimer's slime. And he, yeah, it's it's just very. It was. Uh, I literally expected to see buckets of ooze everywhere I went in New York City. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, the funny thing is, it's, it's like it, it's in the it's in the game. It was in the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Buckets yep. of ooze. There's a whole bunch of yep. shit that had, that had yeah. that. It wasn't, it wasn't just this movie, but yeah, um, it's all funny. 80s, that, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I I highly enjoy this movie. It's fucking trash, but I really enjoy it's watching trash. it every now and then. It's it's really bad. Um, I think my favorite kill is probably when the dude gets his head knocked off on the top of the building okay um, okay let's the token black guy okay <laughs> his dialogue in this movie is uh, is atrocious number one it's so good he was at boston comic-con two years ago come on no now. shit he was <laughs> yeah this, he goes this... to all the cons of course he's he gonna does. make money <laughs> i never seen this guy I never saw any of these actors ever anywhere besides that except one for that asian woman yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the principal guy looked familiar, too. I feel like I've seen him in 80s. Uh, I've seen him in something, too. I just don't yeah. know. Um, but, yeah, he's the one that went in the ooze. It's just a fucking weird movie. Um, uh, I, uh. It's like it's one of those movies where you really have to like Friday the 13th to enjoy it. Like, I love, I love this movie for, all, for how campy it is and how bad it is. Um, I do wish... I don't know that they film more actually in New York. Same thing happened in Screen. That was all filmed in Vancouver, but they, at least they tried to make it look like New York. In the most other of thing, that movie. the other thing that yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like she, the girl, one woman was having flash, or the one girl was having flashbacks of 
of Jason as a young kid and then as a teenager at different times periods of his life. Mm-hmm. And she's like seeing him drown. I, I yeah, I, I don't want to rate this movie because <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. But holy shit, it's it was not my favorite. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Um, but yeah, that that scene where the dude gets his head knocked off originally in the script. The guy wrote it that that would happen in Madison <sighs> Square Garden. Uh, I don't know how they would get there or whatever, but they literally looked at it and they go, we don't have the budget for this, and just ripped the page in half. <laughs> and I guess uh, when they were the filming it, when they were filming it, the guy was like, should I really hit you? And he and Kane Hodder was like, yeah. He's like, just give me all the shots you got. So all the body shots were real. So he, Kane Hodder took about 150 punches in the two or three takes they took for that scene. And he was like, so by the time... By the time it came to, for me to knock off the dummy's head, he's like, I was ready for that. Unfortunately, I couldn't hit the real shot. guy. Yeah, Hit me hit me with your best shot, Jason. Yeah. And then his head goes flying off the balcony. Uh, the best part, though, is it, it lands in the dumpster. It doesn't like land in the dumpster. It hits the roof of the dumpster, falls in the dumpster, and the dumpster lid like closes. And then it randomly shows up in a taxi cab. Yep. Yep. Oh, fuck, Kevin. All right, so then we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I watched it. Never saw the original. Yep, this movie is considered a classic. Yes, it's 1974. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking first-time slashers. We kind of mentioned it last week. First-time slasher, first-time scream queen. What it's our first, first time. It was basically the introduction to, like, torture porn. Yep. 30 years before that became popular with Saw. It wasn't really, it wasn't really that gory. Not as no. gory as it was, it was always said to be, and I know there's a lot of controversy back in the day. I mean, it's it so cheaply made; they had to cut yeah. away a lot of stuff. So, I, uh, I read I, a little. I read a little bit where the guy wanted to make it PG, and it ended yeah. up getting radar rated R anyway, just because of the the violence and shit that was in it. Because there yeah. was still a lot of violence. Well, because back then they didn't have PG thirteen. Right. Yeah. So, there was only one or two. Uh, the, uh, I think one of my favorite shots in horror of all time is in this movie, where they go up to the house. And then he, like, goes in the house or whatever and gets hit by Leatherface. But the girl the girl goes back to the swing set. And then after they show the guy getting killed by Leatherface or whatever, it pans back to the girl. And the shot is, like, underneath the swing set of her getting up and kind of pans towards the house. And just the, the imagery of the house with her body is just, I love that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite shots in horror. Um it's just tremendous. I think Toby Hooper, who directed this, did a fantastic job, considering how low budget it was. And mm-hmm. I mean, they got a lot of shit for it at the time. But like going back, like there's been so many, so much stuff that's been so much worse since 1974. Obviously, yeah. Um, that doesn't seem like that much, but like putting it into the perspe- perspective of somebody that had never seen that type of stuff in that era, like there's a lot of stuff that where you could see where it's like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up for back then because it was like the first to do it. Yeah. But there, it's just like the first Halloween. People don't realize if you watch the first Halloween. There's no blood in the movie, none. Mm-hmm. There's not a single drop of blood. Um, this is similar in where it's not as violent as people, as legend makes it out to be. Yeah, that's, that's what I always thought. It was just so there was so much hype to it, uh, yeah. being very very disturbing. I didn't think it was disturbing at all. It was just it was just like a. I did the first time I saw it, but I was like fucking. 10 years old. And what was out at the time? You're talking 10 years old in 1993. What was really out as far as disturbing movies? All that shit came out later on in the decade. Yeah. Um, So yeah, good movie. Um, Not my favorite. I'm not a fan of this shit. You know I'm not. That's why we do it. That's why I give you the month of October. You pick up these (laughs) shitty movies. Yep. But 
Friday the 13th has always been a big part of our watch for this. I think last year we watched 4, right? Yep, which I love 4. 4 is just a good horror movie. And we skipped all the way to 8 for what reason? Why did I skip 5, 6, and 7? Because 8 is just so awesome because it's called Jason Takes Manhattan and he doesn't take, technically take Manhattan. It's the it's the bad of the bad. That's why I had you see it. You've already seen X, so I didn't make you go that X. again. So that's why... Because X is just, it's a fun movie for me. I fucking love Jason X. Um, Ugh, this Jason is X like is. the the bad of the bad. Um, so I just wanted you to check it out. Plus, like, I don't know. I, I think it's hilarious. I think the whole movie is hilarious. From from them getting to fucking the Atlantic Ocean oh. from a lake in New Jersey. You know? Yep. I love that shit. And the soundtrack was weird, too. The, 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 oh, yeah. weird 80s, like... 80s type of song that's throughout the whole yep. entire thing. And the uh, the thing about that movie too is when they were doing all the promotional stuff, they had this great, great trailer. Like it was like a teaser. And it was these two ladies and Frank Sinatra's playing and they're like walking and you see like the Brooklyn Bridge. And then all of a sudden the, the camera pans and you see Jason. Because you think it's, it's going to be a date movie preview, blah, blah, blah. You see Jason and then he just kind of slashes it. And the entire city of New York fought back against that so they couldn't really use New York in the marketing material which is literally why they put Manhattan in the title oh. yeah that would have been it would have been great if they actually used New York yeah <laughs> instead like of some, he was, it's a like backdrop if, like Jason in New York sounds like an awesome concept yeah but they couldn't actually do it especially that time for the budget they had so it is what it is uh, so you wanted to bring up Friday the 13th part 6 yes so uh, I, we're just talking skipped, about this. Yeah, yes. I've skipped uh, the the three in between the the, the two. I uh, saw four and I yep. saw eight. So and you also say that it's epic. Yes, and why Explain. it's why I now think this film is epic. It's great because it runs right in line with the next topic we're going to talk about. Okay. The top, which is going to be the twenty five best monster movies of all time. Which you think of? You think of the classics, the black and whites, right? Yep. Tom Laughlin, who directed this movie. Which I didn't know this until a week ago. Like it was when we got off the air. I listened to another podcast last Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. or Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday because we recorded on Sunday, and they were talking about how he shot this to be made to watch in black and white, so it looked like an old, old horror movie, like an old monster movie. So I turned down my saturation, made it black and white, whatever I had to do, and rewatched it, and. It's fucking incredible watching it in black and white as like an old monster movie. This is the movie where he becomes supernatural at the beginning. Tommy, a different Tommy from part four, a different Tommy from part six, sticks a stake in his heart. Like he digs him up. He sticks a stake in his heart. He's like, I have to make sure the motherfucker's dead. He's been fucking making me paranoid my whole life. Of course, lightning hits that stake and that's when he becomes supernatural. That's how Jason becomes supernatural. For the rest of eternity, basically, mm-hmm. um, until the remake in two thousand nine. Um, but watching it in black and white just gave it a really different feel to me. It was a, it honestly made it a much better movie. I did my my ratings last week, I think, or the week before my Friday thirteenth. Yeah, it was two weeks ago, and um, this would have been higher on the list had I watched it in black and white. Um, but I just really wanted to bring that up because I hadn't seen that mentioned before. I've seen all the documentaries on them and never saw that, and then I. Listen to that podcast, and I was like, you know what? It's filmed just like an old 1950s fucking monster movie. It's great. Um, 
yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I do want to get in deeper into those movies. Um, I like, I like what I've seen so far, except for this last one. The last yeah, one I good. mean, like I say, one, two, three, and four are all very good. Yeah, five is a piece of shit. Like five, I just don't really have too much fun with at all. It what just kind of sucks. What about nine? The last one before the re- the kind of reboot ten was whatever ten was. It was, it was Jason goes to hell. Was nine, yeah. which wasn't great. Okay. Um, Jason's not in the movie much at all. Really. Um, it becomes what happened is after eight, um, the same deal is if you don't use our license, blah blah blah, we can take it back. Mm-hmm. So the original director of the first one took it back, and there was no Jason in his movie. So in the opening scene, Jason gets killed, and he becomes a like a like a demon character that goes from body to body throughout the film. Um, wow, that's that the dumb. concept of, of Jason <laughs> goes to hell. But they had also just gone back to New Line, so that literally the entire deal with Jason goes to hell was we're putting Freddy in it. So at the very end, Jason's Jason ends up coming back at the end in the form, and then Freddy comes up from the ground, his hand, and takes the mask for Freddy versus Jason, which didn't happen for another like eleven years or whatever. Um, I had no that idea. That was literally the entire point of Jason goes to hell. Um, they couldn't mm. use the name Friday Thirteenth, which is why they named it Jason Goes to Hell, which is why Jason X is called Jason X and not Friday Thirteenth X. I had no um, idea. Yep. Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of this information I got from the book uh, Camp mm-hmm. Crystal Lake Memories, which is also the seven-hour documentary, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite documentaries of all time. I really recommend you watch it. Just watch it in chunks. Watch like through like the first movie then through the second movie then through the third like it's just so informative and it's just like to me it's like the perfect documentary because they didn't cut anything for time it's literally a seven hour documentary which they take their time with everything they go through some some uh movies they go through from like when the script was created what they came up with stuff like that they have all the directors talk about it all the stars come back it's it's just a very good documentary very but cool. These movies are, are great. I don't know which one we'd watch next year because I assume we'll pick one. I'm sure something will hit me yeah. at that time, but maybe maybe two because that that is my favorite. Maybe two or three. I don't know. I've um, seen those. Let's let's get into okay. uh, you know, five, seven, six or seven. Okay, yeah. sevens. I like seven. That was the first one I ever watched. That is also very like I said. It's very like Jason fights Darth Vader basically. I have I have no problems it's, doing it's a fun. whole run. Of, I can do five, six, and seven all together too. Okay, but we'll see. We'll see. That's all a right. year from now. So let's jump in. We're we're pushing almost an hour, and we still have the news to get to. So let's talk about the 25 best monster movies of all time. Um, this is an IGN list, another list. We talk about lists every once in a while, how they're very uh, very iffy of, of how, how accurate they are. This is all opinionated. Um, their list, on the number one on their list, is the Alien Monster. Number two is Jaws. Number three is The Thing, which I've never seen. Oh, uh, you never seen the the thing? No, never seen. They have the they okay. I'm I have to make a note for next year. That's a fucking classic. I'm gonna watch it this week. Okay, it's fucking great. You'd like it, I think. Uh, number four, Godzilla. Number five, The Fly. That's with Jeff Goldblum. Right, I never yep. saw that either. Yep. Uh, um, the Fly is good. Godzilla. I've never seen the '54 the version. Original? No, I never saw. Um, that. the thing is great. Jaws is obviously great as far as monster movies. Um, and Alien, they nailed that with Alien. Obviously, number one. That movie is fucking terrifying. It is the first one, yeah. Um, number six, Jurassic Park. As far as a monster movie, yeah, those those effects were pretty fucking cool for the yeah. time. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, American Werewolf in London. I hear it's a great movie. Never saw it. It is fantastic. <clears throat> um, Even the remake was good. Uh, Predator. Saw that recently in the last five years. It's a good movie. Such a good movie. Um, Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, never saw that. Never saw the original. Nope. Pan's Labyrinth. I've watched that so many times. It's a good, yeah. decent movie. That's a good movie, yeah. Um, Night of the Living Dead, the original. Never saw Great that. Great fucking movie. Um, so 1968. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool that came out so That early. was That was like the first movie that put a uh, black antagonist. Oh, no shit. Like, that was like the first, like... And people were like, he's going to die in, like, two seconds. But it's funny because that became the thing in horror movies in the 80s. The black guy dies first. Mm-hmm. Or dies quickly. Uh, number 12, Cloverfield. It's a great movie. Um, yep. The original King Kong, number 13. Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I saw not too long ago. We I watched don't... that last year for the podcast, didn't we? Okay, yeah, that's right. Or I two years remember. ago? Yeah, uh, last year, I think. Last year, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, Candyman, never saw that. That's great what's movie. his name. The, he, Dude. Didn't he do Venom? You... Who? Didn't, didn't the guy, guy do the guy did Candyman? Didn't he do the voice of Venom in, in the new game? He might have actually. Uh, I can't remember his sense. name. I can't. I don't remember. I, his I'm name. blanking on it now too. But he's he's awesome. That movie is to me like they didn't use any CGI. There's he's always covered in bees. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any CGI. Yeah, so. He literally had like 300 bees flying in his mouth at once. Is like, it Tony, just, Tony? Tony Scott? No, no. Tony Scott's the director. Tony. Um, oh, look it up. Uh, the Blob, number 16. Never saw that. Uh, Gremlins, number 17. Great Monster. Um, Cabin in the Woods. I uh, saw that a while ago. That was Chris Helmsworth, right? Um, yes. Slither. Never saw that. Um, the Mummy. I like that movie. Uh, the Wolfman, the original. Let the Right One In. Never saw that. I know you've seen that. Tony Todd. Tony Todd from from Final Destination also. And, and he, and so he did he did do the voice of Venom. I yep. remember the name. Yeah. Uh, Dracula, the original. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Feed me Seymour and uh, yes. a Quiet a Quiet Place number twenty five. Uh, so that's yeah, actually that's a good list as far as I'm list. concerned. Usually usually I disagree with a lot of IGN lists, but this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment about the trailer roundup. A uh, new trailer came out for Bradley Cooper's Maestro. comes out on November uh, 22nd. It's going to be streaming on Netflix on December 20th. Um, I do want to see this. This is his next acting role after, well, he was in the Guardians movies, but this is after uh, his his directorial con- uh, conti- uh, continuation after Star is Born. Um, he's, he's this, uh, I can't remember the fucking uh, guy's name, but he's a composer. Um, he's playing that character from his early life to his older age. It doesn't age. look anything like him. Doesn't doesn't look yeah. It, 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 all the makeup and everything. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see this because I think he's a good director. Stars Born. I'm obsessed with that movie. I've been listening to the soundtrack so much in the last couple of years. Yeah, I know you love that movie. I gotta I see that. It. I still gotta see that. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, Maybe in November we'll review it. Yep. I mean, we just uh, got your review, but yeah. <laughs> I am excited for this more than anything right now. November 25th, yes. That this is, I believe this is Thanksgiving, it's either the Friday or the weekend of Doctor Who coming back on Disney Plus for a three-part return to the series, the 60th anniversary. Um, when they did the 50th anniversary 10 years ago, this is the first time Matt Smith and David Tennant worked together in one movie, and this is a return 
60th anniversary where David Tennant's coming back as the next Doctor for three episodes. Um, there are basically going to be three movies, one a week until December 9th, and that's when the new Doctor, a black Doctor, I can't remember his name, but he's going to be taking over for the 14th, 15th Doctor, I can't remember. Um, and I can't wait for this. Um, I haven't even caught up on the old Doctor Who because I wasn't a fan of the last Doctor, Jodie Whittaker. Um, but I am going to watch this because I love David Tennant. Um, and it's going to continue with uh, a story that was told in the original series that he was in with um, what's her name from The Office. Um, I can't remember her name. She was in The Office for a couple seasons and she was in uh, that season with him as one of his companions. But um, yeah, I can't wait for this. It comes out on uh, Thanksgiving. Um, so let's get into the news. Spider-Man 2 did gangbusters, sold a ton of games, yep. uh, more than 2.5 million copies for the first 24 hours. Fastest selling PlayStation Studio game in the history of PlayStation. Um, if you think 2.5 million times 70, 80 dollars a game, yeah, they made a ton of money yep. just in 24 hours. How far have you gotten any further? I haven't been able to play this week because I've been so fucking busy, but. Uh, I, I, once you I, get to the black suit, you're going to not stop. I know. Um, I, I also oh read, I put it in the notes, that Spider-Man 2 copies in the on the disc version were reportedly unplayable for some people. Um, the disc came and they weren't uh, they were damaged or not playable. I don't really know. I can't remember the disc. I saw this a, a week ago. I, I put it in the notes. Yep. I can't remember the exact thing. But, uh, yeah, the digital version is great. Um, digital is, is the way to go. They're quick, especially with these new systems. They're quick to load. Yep. Um, the right on the, most the right of the times, solid disc. literally, the disc comes with basically a code to download the game. Yeah. Like, I think the Call of Duty, last Call of Duty disc, had, like, less than 58 megabytes of of stuff on it. Yeah. Which is, like, nothing. So, yep. yeah. Um, you're a fan of the Fallout games, the video games. I'm not. My Me cousin either. Kristen is, and she, she always used to play those, if I remember correctly. Um, never, but I never, never really them. got into them. It seemed like too much. Like, it they're was doing, too free. Too free. Yeah, they're doing a video game adaptation. I believe it's already filmed. Uh, coming out April 12th uh, next year on Amazon Prime. On, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, okay. With I know Walter Goggins, yep. who I love. So and I, I will know, be watching. I know it's set in a futuristic time where it's yeah. like Fallout after nuclear... Uh, yep. Hall, nuclear... Yep. Uh, I think I tried to play Fallout four. 3. Okay. Or no, Fallout... Which one did I play? Fallout 3 or 4? I played one of them for a little bit, but I wasn't a huge fan. Right. It just... It was too much for me. Yeah, I don't know... I don't know too much about them at all, so... Um... We'll talk about some delays. We got delays throughout the news this week. Um, Mission Impossible 8 delayed to summer 2025. Yep. So it's next summer. And they um, changed the name. They, they haven't announced it yet, um, but it's not going to be called De Dead Reckoning Part stupid. 2. Yeah. Because they... It's the whole thing is to set it up for a two part. It'd be like them. I don't know. It just seems stupid. The whole the whole thought is that it's been so long between movies that um, yeah people aren't gonna remember Dead Reckoning. I guess I I've, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. But that's not coming out until uh, 2025 uh, in May. So it's gonna be a summer. We got still we still gotta see that new one too. We do. Yep. Um, Fantastic Four. Talk a little bit about that. Galactus is rumored to have uh, a female Herald. I think we talked about him not having uh, Silver Surfer as his Herald in this movie. Yep. Um, there are a few different Heralds that it could be. It could be Nova, not the Nova from the Nova Corps, but another Nova, Stardust, and Luna. Um, there are a few other uh, 
few other ones. I can't remember the other one. There's another male version. Stardust. Cody Rhodes coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Silver Surfer, rumored to have some sort of a role in it, however. Um, and uh, I have a Galactus uh, theory and speculation from this. I think... The Fantastic Four are going to go off to space, obviously. If the movie yep. is set in the 60s, I think they're going to go off to space. And they're going to be sent to another another universe. Where Galactus is, they're going to run into Galactus, kind of set up a flag like, oh yeah, we're from this planet called Earth. Uh, very full of life. Kind of, This is kind of like the next threat to Th- like Thanos, where you're going to yep. set up a beacon... To Earth and the Fantastic Four are gonna are gonna show Galactus like yeah there's a there's a world full of life that you can come and eat, and that's what the sequel is gonna set up or some sort of Avengers movie maybe I don't know, but uh, I think that what's gonna happen is Galactus is Harold, this female Harold probably going to die in this movie. Silver Surfer is gonna take over, and by the end of the movie he's gonna find Earth and that's where the sequel is gonna be set up if they do a sequel. Um, setting up an epic story if they do it right because they still haven't done Galactus right in, in the uh, movies. Um, and I think, well, they only I think, tried once. And they failed. Horrendously. Yep. Galactus was yep. a cloud. Was um, that Fantastic Four 2? Uh, that was uh, Rise of Silver Surfer, yeah. Which I think yep. looked great at the time. We're talking 2006, I've still 2007. never seen this movie. Oh, it's great. Uh, he looks great. And he's voiced by uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, but the cast is pretty much Vanessa Kirby, Joseph Quinn are almost... 100% locked in is what everybody's saying. Um, Ebon Moss Bachrock, who was uh, in The Bear, and Adam Driver may be the front runners for those two characters. Um, the Mr. Fantastic one's always fluctuating. None of this will be known until the actor's strike is over, which who the fuck knows when that'll happen. We'll talk about that later. But um, there's also talk of early drafts, including Doctor Doom, which Doctor Doom, you think of Fantastic Four, you think of Doctor Doom. He's a great, great villain if they brought him in. Um, and the other rules are to make it kind of different from other versions of Fantastic Four that have been on the movie screens, bringing in their children, Reed Richards and Sue Storm's children, um, Franklin and uh, Valera. Um, that would kind of make it different. That would be cool. Um, and it, would, it would differentiate it from everything that's come out prior. Um, so that would be cool. I, I have no problem with that. Um... Edgar Wright turned down directing uh, Channing Tatum's Gambit movie. Um, he kind of had a bad taste in his mouth from Marvel, I'm guessing, from reading that book. So so having anything to do with superheroes at that time, he was probably done with it. Um, he yep. said he wasn't, and also wasn't a character that he was too well known, didn't know too much about. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, Thor 5 reportedly in development at Marvel Studios without Taika Waititi. Um, yep. I, Good I know or bad. Uh, I think uh, Chris Helmsworth wants to be done with the character, to be honest with you. I think he wants to have a finale that kind of mimics what's going on um, with everybody else. Uh, Tony Stark had a good ending. Uh, Chris Evans had a good ending as Captain America. Um, I think it's only rightfully so that all the five major characters of the Avengers get a, a good send-away, and I think he deserves it as well for a fifth Are movie. you glad that Taika's not... Oh, I, I, I think that the, I think that the fifth movie, uh, the fourth movie, was a mess, um, and yep. I think, I think, uh, bringing some they fresh gave, blood. They gave Taika too much control. They should have, yeah. if they should have kept him on as director and had somebody else write it, is what I think. Because um, Thor Ragnarok is still one of my favorite MCU it's, movies. It's one of the best written ones. It's yeah. so good, and 
Taika didn't get to put in his... Like, Taika's a very good fucking film. Like, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I think they gave him too much control, and he just decided to go a little bit too off the wall with it. In have you seen four. Have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? Is that his, Taika? Yeah, it was his movie. It was really good, too. Uh, that, that was and, 2012? Yeah. Uh, Into the Shadows. Okay, Into the Shadows 2012. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. That's a good movie, yep. too. Um, and, of yeah. course, the movie with Hitler in it, which That's is a good fucking movie too. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daredevil Born Again uh, found a new creative team today as we record. Um, the Punisher uh, the Punisher director is going to be showrunner for the series. Um, and two writers for Loki and Moon Knight are going to be stepping in to direct the rest of the season that they haven't filmed yet. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to Daredevil Born Again. I just hope they don't fuck it up like everything. So we'll have to wait and see. You haven't even seen Daredevil Season 3 yet. I haven't. I, and I, I'm kind of like, well, why do I want to watch it if it's not in canon? I mean, if it's good, maybe. I, I may go into it, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, new, de- new, te- yeah, new details emerge about this uh, Spider-Man stuff going on at Sony. Um, Andrew Garfield has a future there. Um, there are always rumors of him being part of the Sony spinoffs, kind of being their version of Spider-Man now that he's been reinvigorating the characters through uh, No Way Home. Um but Sony won't let Marvel Studios use Black Cat. That was said in the book, by the way. Um, there's certain characters that Sony won't let Marvel use. Black Cat is one of them. They want it to be a solo, uh, a solo character on her on her own because they think it could bring, she could bring in money. Um, Black Cat is a great character, very much a ripoff of Catwoman, though. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, also, a live-action Miles Morales movie is reportedly moving forward to Sony. Um, I think there's going to be a connection to uh, uh, Cross or the or Beyond the Spider-Verse. I always said, I know we talked about it when the movie came out a couple months ago, that I think Beyond the Spider-Verse means there's going to be a live-action iteration of Miles in that movie of some, some sort, some kind. But um, you would think you would have been casted by now or we would have heard about it. I don't know. They could be, they could be keeping a very tight lip, too, so I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to wait and see. Um... Maya Goth will reportedly play the Bride of Frankenstein in Guillermo del Toro's uh, Nef- yep. his, uh, Netflix uh, Frankenstein movie. Fucking perfect casting. It is It is perfect. She even actually like, looks like an old actress. She's awesome. Like, you watched Pearl, obviously, and, like, even if you yep. didn't, like, care for it. Like, she's great in that movie. Um, she's fantastic in that. She's good in X. She's great in pretty much everything I've seen her in, so I'm all about this. Uh, I think the rumor- it's going to be great. The rumors are Oscar Isaac will play um, Doctor Frankenstein, and Andrew Garfield will play um, Garfield will play his wayward, wayward creator. Isaac will reportedly give life to them. so I, I will Isaac be I, Igor Igor. I have no idea. Um, I don't I'll know. Have to, we'll have to wait on that. Um, John Lennon's murder is going to have a docu series on Apple TV Plus pretty soon. Um, Keith Sutherland is narrating it, coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I'm very interested in that. It's going to have exclusive eyewitness interviews, previously unseen crime scene photos. Um, I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with any any creative that got, got gunned down or killed or died way beyond their prime. Um, he had so much time left on his life that he could have had years and years of epic music coming out. and It was taking, yep. taking too soon. Him and Tupac, there's a whole bunch. We talk about it all the time. But... Um, Fantastic Beast movie franchise is parked at the moment, uh, according to director David Yates, who did the last few Harry Potter movies. Um, yeah, we kind of figured that too. The last movie where it kind of failed. I, I know you. I don't know you haven't seen those yet, but uh, yeah. 
Um, John Claude Van Damme's claim that Vin Diesel was never uh, was not interested in having him in the Fant- F- uh, Fast and Furious franchise, um, saying that he said he did not want him there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he would fit in that <laughs> franchise. Random, yeah, I don't see. I love John Claude Van Damme. He's in some of my favorite movies of all time, uh, nostalgic wise. Like I fucking love all of his '80s and early '90s stuff, but. Uh, I don't see him fitting into that franchise at all. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I haven't I haven't caught up on those movies, so I have no idea if he would fit. Um, SAG after talks still going on. Um, CEOs of the CEOs of the four major entertainment companies have offered them an, um, improved bonuses uh, for all their their most watched streaming shows, um, but um, they want more. The the actors want more. Um, and the actors, the studios are reportedly willing to push the negotiation with sag after to 2024 if a deal is not made shortly. Holy shit, that would be very terrible. Another two or three months, that would be bad for, for yep. output. Well, that's the thing is, it, it, I mean, if it's not done by pretty much soon, um, they don't do much work anyways from, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, so like... No. Yeah, yeah, this we're, is, yeah, this we're is fucked. Bad. We're <laughs> fucked. Um, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, they're start, they're starting these new tiers where you have to pay. They've already had the premium, but now they have different versions of it. Um, they have an eight dollar a month premium, a verified tier, um, and they're gonna have a premium plus. It's gonna be sixteen dollars a month with basically no ads, and a three dollar basic, which basically includes. Um, uh, you don't get the chair verification check mark, but you get features like longer posts and edit button, themes and custom app. I have no fucking, I have no need for Twitter. I yeah. only have it on there just for notifications every once in a while, and I don't even. Yeah, I, I, check, don't, I haven't signed I check, in. I check news on it. That's pretty much it for notifications. I get for news and for, um, like when I was trying to get PS Five, I okay. had notifications on for when they were available online, stuff like that. Um, I use it daily now i started doing it again midsummer just just for fucking fun but like i'm not gonna pay for it like yeah. it's not like i don't need it in my life like yeah. i know there are a lot of people do and i'm sure that like i told you people need it for their jobs i'm sure their company is going to take care of the the pay if they need it for their job yeah. um yeah i have no need for paying for fucking x which no. is funny because like it's been x for what two months and every time you see it it's like x previously twitter like anytime somebody's like well, well, I came out X previously on Twitter. He said it. But whatever. He's he's obsessed with that name X. He's always wanted. I think yeah. it, there was an interview from the '90s. He was talking about how he wanted to name his company X. So he's been obsessed with that. It's almost like I, every time I think about it, it's almost like he bought it just to destroy it. That's what yeah. it seems like to me. But yep. um, Apple uh, today or yesterday had increased all their prices for their uh, for their subscriptions. Um, the Apple One bundle, which includes everything, Apple TV+, Apple Music, Apple Arcade, Apple News, um, iCloud Storage, is going up from $32.95 a month to $37.95, raising up $5. Bucks. Um, uh, what else What else was on there? Apple TV Plus is, is, 19, is $9.99 a month, gone up from $6.99 yep. a month. So everything's rising. It's stupid. Um, Do you think it's worth it? For nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine for Apple TV, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. Ted Lasso. There's a few other they, show, great shows on there, but they don't have any other content besides their own. I content. think, 
I, yeah, I think you need to look at more of their content because a lot of it's really good, but it's not worth that much. Like when no. a new season of Ted Lasso's done, or a new season—I mean, that's done obviously—but like a new season of Shrinking, then I'll sign up for it for the month, pay ten bucks to watch it, or find some other way to watch it. Yeah, it's not worth it. No. Um, a study came out saying that half of Gen Z viewers want to see less sex on scene and want to see content about friendships and platonic relationships. Ah. <sighs> How far into you are, are the you pus- in the Gen pusific- Z? The pussification of America. Yeah. How how far am I into Gen Z? I am not in. I don't know any anybody anymore from Gen Z. Yeah. I know you. I know you work with a lot of kids from Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this study. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting when you make movie references and nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. I yeah I've yeah I've yeah it's it's weird being as old as we are and living in the time period we did and it's almost like being in a time capsule. But yep. yeah, um, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom delayed, but just only a couple of days. I think it's coming out on the twenty second instead of the twentieth. Um, yep. South Park, um, joining the Pandaverse came out yesterday on the on Paramount Plus. Um, they skewered Lucasfilm boss Kathleen Kennedy. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not caught up on South Park. I don't know if you saw it yet, so I put it in the notes. Um, I know that's I where all the... I'm not caught up on it, but I'm, all the South I'm more Park characters, than you are. Yeah. All, all the South Park characters in this episode look like they're changed into uh, ethnic versions of yep. themselves. Female ethnic versions of themselves. Um, everybody's saying this. The, one of the best South Park written episodes in a very, very long time is what I'm hearing. Really? But, yep. Interesting. Um, Disney revealed the Disney revealed the first look of Snow White in uh, Seven Dwarfs, the live action remake, where there's a lot of complaints of them not hiring real midgets. I think the Seven Dwarfs in this picture look amazing. I think they look a lot like the animated counterparts. Considering um, what, yeah, I mean, I think they look fine yeah. for what they are. Like a lot of people are ragging on it, but I think they look fine. Yeah, the, wrong. The, the the dopey there looks almost yeah. like dopey in the cartoon so um the reason they released that is because the movie got delayed for a year it's supposed to come out in uh in march of this uh, this upcoming march it's not coming out until 2025 um and another movie they have elio this another pixar movie coming out another year after that uh as well another year delay um highlander you mentioned it in the beginning of the show yep. reboot officially moving forward with henry cavill never saw highlander awesome. never seen the really? original highlander yeah um, I think I should, should watch that in November. And what was the other one you wanted to watch in November? I watched this and you watched the other one. I can't remember what it was at the uh, beginning of the show. Yeah. We'll listen um, back. We'll listen we'll back. We'll listen back and we'll see but, what uh, it is. But yeah, I'll watch yeah. Highlander and you'll watch that. I think we'll talk about maybe it. November should be like a, a throwback month to like movies uh, uh, we haven't seen. Because I haven't seen Highlander since I was like probably seven years old. So I remember nothing from it except for thinking it was awesome when I was seven years old. Um, yeah, we'll watch that. So maybe November could be like a throwback month. And finally, in news, I know I don't know. Did you watch uh, the original Night Court at all? I did not. I loved Night Court. I've seen the whole entire series. Yeah, I know you have. Straight through. And didn't they do a reboot piece, that wasn't good? It's still on, and it's actually going on a second season. Okay, I um, it was terrible. Rest in peace to Richard Mull. I know you must know him because he was in Scary Movie too. Um, but Richard Mull, he died today. Rest in peace to him. Um, he played um, Bull. The bailiff on Night Court, um, very tall, bald guy, very funny throughout the whole entire ten or eleven seasons of that show. Um, so rest in peace to him. And that's it for news, and that's it for our show. 
Next month, we're at the end of the month. Next month, November 3rd, Sly, the Sylvester Stallone documentary comes out on November 3rd. Um, big movie next month, MCU returns to the theaters for on November 10th for the Marvels. <sighs> I'm hearing a lot of great things about this movie behind the scenes as far oh, as yeah, Easter eggs. You didn't have that in the uh, the notes that there's supposed to be somebody that's... Let's hold off. Really, we're going to hold off really on Really big? Okay. Yep. It's the beast. Spoilers. That's what they're saying. Yep. yep. Um... The Killer trailer came out today with Michael Fassbender. It's coming out on Netflix. Um, no- November 17th, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I know you're not caught up on those movies. Uh, the first couple are great. Um, this is a prequel to that series. Also, that, that date, Monarch. could be part of our uh, throwbacks yep. that I haven't yep. seen. Yep. Uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters coming out on Apple TV that day. And coming out November 17th, Thanksgiving. I know we're going to yes. see that in the theater. Um, November 20, 21st, mark this down, Oppenheimer that week. We're going to watch it and finally yep. give it a proper review. Um, coming on iTunes. November 22nd, Wish, the Disney new Disney animated movie. Um, Napoleon with uh, Joaquin Phoenix comes out that week. And Maestro yep. comes out that week. Um, next week, Geek Blurb's 100th episode, our two-year anniversary show. Um, beginning of the month, we're going to do a show and tell. Uh, we're going to talk about Loki's penultimate episode 5. Going to try to catch up on Gen V this week. And since we're all done with Halloween, I'm going to try to catch up on that mm-hmm. and leave everything else on the side. Yep. Um, I'm excited about our 100th episode. I, we haven't talked to anybody to come on. It maybe just be an old school you and I episode, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. And we will talk to everybody next week. Peace. Peace.